Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Jay Harvey. How are you? I am great, Jim, and it is great to be with you. We're uh, trucking down to the end of May right here, Memorial Day, springtime. Who could have guessed uh, when we were earlier in the spring that we would have lived through this pandemic? And here we are still in the shadow, the wake of the coronavirus. Yes, still having its effect. And it's still a negative effect. I mean, the coronavirus uh, is a desperate disease and it's caused so much grief and loss. Sometimes I look around my world and I think, am I living in Hell's Kitchen? Oh, Hell's Kitchen, what's that about? Jay, yes. I know that we are not here to review films, and I'm not recommending any movie per se, but there's a famous film called Gangs of New York. Correct. It's about Irish gangs back mm-hmm. in the New York many, many decades ago. Correct. Uh, in the 19th century as well. And they tended to congregate in a part of New York City, which yes. was branded... Hell's Kitchen and the Five Points. And, yes. and why? Why? What was it about? It was just this mix of immigrants and gangs and... Uh, poverty, and those who were trying to get a foothold. But in this particular part of the city, there was just uh, rampant crime. It took on the term Hell's Kitchen because there was a police officer who, as we've noted before, was watching a riot, which I thought was kind of funny when I did some research. (laughs) And his partner said, boy, this is really looks like hell. And, And the response was, no, it's worse. It's Hell's Kitchen. And so it, that name just stuck. It was just a place that, that if you looked at, you would think it can't get much worse than this. And that's a part of today's Manhattan. Hell's Kitchen is a neighborhood, West Central Manhattan on the Hudson River. But for many, many decades, it was a desperate place. And The Gangs of New York is a film, which I have not myself seen, but I've heard about, tells the story about these gangs and, and the bullying and the murder and the rape and pillage and the the control issues and all the rest. It just was a terrible place. And and when that police officer is is actually, it's a real person in time in the 19th century, he's watching a riot in this neighborhood and the police did not even intervene. And his companion says, this is like hell. And he says, no, no, hell is bad. This is worse. Anyway, I'm looking at the world and I'm thinking, this world is awful. I'm so thankful that I'm I've made it through the pandemic so far, but I know some people have lost their jobs and people have lost life and their health and and the world has been turned upside down. It'll never be the same. And no matter what our journey, we might look at the world and just say, why me? Why am I here now? Of course, we're not the first people to experience difficulties, but when you're in the middle of the storm, when you're in hell's kitchen, sometimes all you want to do is just go, why me? We're not the first people to say, why me? That's right. (laughs) Back in history, all through every generation, there have been moments when, well, you might say self-pity or um, frustrations have boiled over into that kind of why me. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we go back hundreds and hundreds of years, centuries before Christ even, there was a guy named Job. He had kind of a tough road. What did he say? Yeah, that's kind of our go-to when we think about, you know, why me? It's uh, Job uh, says in the book of Job, I am disgusted with my life. Let me complain freely. My bitter soul must complain. I mean, it's a very unhappy Job talking right there. Yes. And he had right to be because his world had been turned upside down. He suffered many losses, just like many have in the pandemic. And and it's just so frustrating. You're back up against a corner and all you can do is cry out. And sometimes it's healthy just to express our frustration, our despair. 
but man, I don't want to live there. Right. How do I figure this out? How do I get out of the why me zone? I have to look at the world and realize it was made perfect, but it was corrupted a long time ago. Mm. And there are forces at work in our world today still corrupting it. It's corrupted nature, corrupted the human heart. It alters events to have dead ends and desperate ends. That's the reality. But wait a minute. There was a time when the world was perfect, Mm. that God spoke the world into being perfectly, and he said it was good. Why me? Why couldn't I live then? Why now? I don't know what I would have said to Job if I'd heard him complaining bitterly, (laughs) except one truth is is unavoidable. Job, hey, you're here. You're here right now. This is your world, okay? So your choices aren't about, why am I here? Your choices are, what am I going to do about it? How am I going to go forward with it? And I guess I could say the same thing to myself or to anyone else these days. For all of its challenges and for all of its difficulties, I have to make a choice. Right. Am I here just some kind of random flotsam and jetsam that developed into flesh and bone and is in the middle of this chaos, or am I here on purpose? Right. And that's one of the things that I've learned. I do a lot of prison ministry, and I've learned very quickly in that environment to to compare suffering does no good. Everyone's suffering is their suffering. It comes down to that choice that you mentioned. Am I going to use this opportunity? Am I going to find purpose? And if you do that, I think you have to understand the, the, the worldview that you just described, which is God created all things. And in the beginning, they were good. They were perfect. And then there was an adversary who messed everything up and makes us say at times, why me? And truth be told, we're all making choices, even if we aren't conscious of the choice. We're choosing to live on purpose for God, or we're choosing to live on purpose for the devil himself. You might say, well, I would never choose that. Well, if you're not living for God, the likelihood is that you're feeding the devil's ambitions, Mm. even unwittingly. We're here on purpose. Everybody is, no matter how miserable our state, no matter how high the mountain is to climb, how deep or dark the valley, man, we're here. And we have to choose why we're here. There's a fascinating word that the Apostle Paul 20 centuries ago gave us. He is writing to a group of people in Ephesus, an ancient city of the Roman Empire, Jay. And as he was writing it, the words were for that first century uh, people, but it's jumped off the page at me in these days, too. I mean, it's just so powerful. It's yes, a truth, I think. It is. What did he say? He says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And just ahead of writing that, he had also made an astounding claim mm-hmm. that before the world was, God knew us. He essentially imagined us, and it was his purpose to bring us into being, to create us, and to make us holy and faultless without blame in his eyes, so that we could be adopted as his own children. This gave him great pleasure. What Paul is weaving for us here is a very important concept, that God knew us all before the world was. He imagined us then. He knew what the world would be like, and he has populated the world with people who can do good at just the right time. And what that tells me is, Though I was born on August 2nd, 1952, I am still alive in the year 2020 on purpose Mm. because God knew me before the world was. He breathed me into being, and he's recreated me in Christ Jesus for good works on purpose for right here, right now. I mean, it's amazing. I might be miserable. I might have suffered loss, but I'm still here. 
and on purpose. What we're talking about, Jay, is, is, a, is a clean start. Mm-hmm. That you can be recreated new wherever I've been, whatever the suffering, even today's suffering. I can be created new in Christ Jesus for a purpose. And what is that purpose? What does the Apostle Paul tell us? Yeah. For to, why? To do these good works that God has planned for us to do, being a part of his story to, to redeem and reclaim that which has been lost. Wow. <laughs> to do good works, and not just any good work, but actually to do good works that he planned. Oh, but right. when did he plan those? Oh, long ago. Before we were even here, he planned the good works. This is so striking to me. I believe God could see the May of 2020, this month right now. I believe he could see that before the world was. And he knew about the pandemic. He knew what could be done and what would need to be done. He knew who would need help and what could be done to provide them help. Mm. He knew who would have the wherewithal to come alongside or the gift of spirit to breathe life or the hands to do the heavy lifting, whatever it is. He knew it and he created us to do those good works. And I think that he created me to do something right now that he knew needed to be done. The only question is, will I do it? Mm -hmm. Will I do good right now? Because if I do, I'm fulfilling my purpose. So Jay, when we talk about good works, uh, sometimes I think, well, I'm not... Bill or Melinda Gates, I don't have a philanthropic organization, <laughs> and I don't have deep pockets to make that. How can I do good works? But right. well, what could I do? Yes. Give me and, an illustration. And I am just a firm believer that if you don't know what to do, then start with something that you know will help someone. And for me, Jim, as simple as it may sound, it is just smiling at someone. It is just treating others as human beings. Talk to someone. Ask how someone is doing. I don't have to walk up to everyone I meet and and get an inventory of all of their needs and ask to pray for them and ask to bring them to the community of faith. And uh, No, it is looking someone in the eye, noticing them, affirming them that they have life, smiling, and maybe just engaging them in a short conversation. And let God do the rest. He will continue to work through you if you're living on purpose. If you're walking through your day looking for a chance to help somebody else find hope or encouragement or the right way, hey, you're going to have an opportunity. I promise you, you will. Right. I have to just think as you were talking there, Jay, that I've been friends with the sheriff of this county where we live in Indiana for some time. He actually has a locker next to my locker at the YMCA where we used to go to work out back Mm -hmm. before the pandemic. Anyway, I've known him a long time. And he reached out to me and he said, you know, the guys who work in the jail, he's responsible for the county jail. He said, the people, I say the guys, there are gals there too, they're just, they're overwhelmed because during the pandemic, there's so much tension. No visitors allowed. The prisoners are also cooped up. There's no social distancing. There's just a lot of rising tension. The people who come and go to maintain the jail are under enormous pressure. He said, they don't get much attention. Nobody celebrates them. He was just talking to me and I thought, well, wow, yeah. they're doing a public service. I mean, right. they're going to work. They're risking their lives in the pandemic of infection, everything else. And so anyway, I talked it up at my office. And and you know what? It was just a chance. It just came out of nowhere. And the people in my office gave $800 wow. to buy gift cards for the guys and gals who work in the jail because the sheriff, his name is right. Scott, told me they would love fast food. Not yeah. very healthy, but McDonald's Pizza Hut. Right. If they had a gift card where they could just run and get a break, yeah. that would be so awesome. Anyway, we did that. It yes. seems like a small thing, but I'm telling you, even today, 
I'm still getting, after this has been going on for weeks, notes from people who work in the jail saying, I can't believe you even remembered us. I didn't know that anyone even noticed us. It has given them life. Right. It's a good work. Right. Maybe our question, Jay, in life shouldn't be, why me? But we should instead be saying, use me. Yes. I mean, let's go back to Job. Yes. <laughs> Job had some rough water. Yes, he, he lived did. through pandemics times 10. And and he got very discouraged at times, and he had yeah. a right to be. Yeah. But in the end, Job makes it through because he turned this around, and he acknowledged that he was here on purpose. What right. does he say after his complaining? He moves on and kind of settles down. And what does he say? He says, you guided my conception and formed me in the womb. You clothed me with skin and flesh, and you knit my bones and sinews together. You gave me life and showed me your unfailing love. My life was preserved by your care. So many people have been lost during the pandemic, and of course there are many other ways in which people's lives are lost. Lots of sorrow when anyone passes away, and and then of course there are many other losses in life. You may have just had your health compromised, but you lived, or maybe you lost your job and the economy's not bouncing back. I mean, there's so much here that we could say has been sad and a loss, but even with all that, if you're listening to us today, you're here. Your life has been preserved. You have a purpose. Every day that you breathe, you have a purpose. Will you embrace that? Will you make a choice to allow your life to be used by God to take back what hell has stolen, to bless someone else, to breathe life on someone else, to do some good thing? God has things for you to do. Will you do them? How do you even know what that is? You start by surrendering your life into the hands of God. Through his son, Jesus, you just make a choice. I'm going to live forward, not backward. I'm going to do good, not evil. I'm going to allow him to recreate me and make me a masterpiece so I can do the stuff he planned for me long ago. How do you do that? Stop right now. Pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful that you know us by name, that none of us are here by chance. And thank you for your word, which helps us to see the contest of this life. Thank you for showing us that the devil is the author of all lies and mischief and tragedy, and that you are the giver of life, and that every good and perfect gift comes from you. We pray, Lord, that we will not be preoccupied with why me questions, but instead be devoted to how we can be used by you for the good. In this very sad world, make us light. In this very desperate world, make us life. In this world that is hopeless, make us hope. In this world that is so often harsh and cruel, make us love. Make us so as masterpieces as you recreate us in Christ Jesus. We surrender our lives. We admit our sin. We know, Lord, that we can't do it by ourselves, but with you working in us, surrendered into your hands by the work of Jesus on the cross, we can ourselves do good works that stand the test of time. Open our eyes, open our hearts, receive us and use us, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now, if you prayed with us just then, or maybe you just thought about it but couldn't bring yourself to actually align your thoughts with those, we want to hear from you. Just give us a call, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We're on it. I promise you, we're by the phone so ready to hear your voice. But I know, Jay, some people won't want to call just yet. How can they find us online? 
Well, they can easily find us online at cbhviewpoint.org. cbhviewpoint.org. CBH, Christians, that's who we are, broadcasting. We're talking to you with hope. Hope, that's what we've got. Check us out online. Send us an email. You may be listening to this online, and if you are, you can just send us a word in the message stream or private message us. Or at the last, just write me a letter. Get out a piece of paper and buy a stamp. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, check us out online, listen through social media, or use the post, please. Let us give you some hope today. Jay Harvey, thanks for being alongside. Thanks for inviting me, Jim. Always a pleasure. I'm just telling you, you're a man of good works. I've seen it. (laughs) You are. And so should we all be for all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast. This is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.